0: Welcome to Experiencing Christ with Pastor Dennis Matovo. Freedom Experience is a teaching ministry of the word that is driven by the purpose that believers may subjectively realize the full knowledge of the truth according to 1st Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Experiencing God in the incarnated word which is Christ to be life and light to man with grace and reality for man's enjoyment. And now, open wide your spirit receive this great teaching which is going to empower you to begin experiencing christ as your life this is pastor dennis matovo worth hearing when the, of the Lord is, there is freedom. Experience Experience. Experience
1: experiencing Christ, praise the Lord, glory to God, hallelujah! For this wonderful, wonderful opportunity, the Lord has just given us to see that we come back and bless you into this word of life. Uh, This is Pastor Dennis Matov, other from Kampala, Uganda freedom experience ministry where we experience christ as our life as our light as our grace and reality for our enjoyment this is what we call to enjoy christ experience christ and we bring you this wonderful teaching series uh, uh, called experiencing christ daily you see you have got to know that um when every day every day uh basis all on a daily basis you have got to be a person who knows how to take Christ as your portion it is it is a challenge to many of believers that they are not even able uh, to see and they don't know how to take Christ as their portion daily yet it is the Lord's desire to see that the those that are born again they should learn to take him as a daily portion Remember the Bible says in Psalm 16 that the Lord is the portion of my inheritance. And is the one that maintains your Lord. He says that the lines are falling unto me in pleasant places. Meaning that on a daily basis, the, the, the lines are drawn for success. The, line are, the lines are drawn for victory. Lines of your provision are drawn daily. And they are falling into pleasant places for you. And you've got to rise up and take the day's portion that which god has a portion for your day for your enjoyment and as i told you that he has apportioned christ we have a portion of Christ every morning that we are to enjoy. A portion of Christ every morning that we are to take as our experience. And as we go through the day, we apply Christ in every aspect of our life. In our thinking, in our speaking, in our moving, in our seeing. We put on Christ, we speak Christ, we live Christ, we grow Christ, we produce Christ. This is the desire of God. Because remember, He wants the church to come to Uh, to a full status when we are fully grown in Christ, we are mature in Christ. That's why he wants to take him as food so that we may eat him, so that we may become him. Remember, you become that which you eat. You are what you eat. If you eat Christ, you become Christ. If you eat other things that are not Christ, you become those things and you will not see the light of life. And whenever we come to the word of God, which is our daily food, which is the bread of life, which is the word that comes from God, and uh, it, it 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 works within us as food. For it is our good uh, portion, our our daily diet that we are supposed to eat. And in the in the riches that are in the Word of God, Christ is the best of all things, and all things point unto Christ. Now, for this reason, we come to teach you and to show you how to take Christ as your portion, how to divide him on a daily basis and dispense him to your brothers and sisters if you are a minister, and uh, how to uh, to, to, to take a portion with you and eat him so that you are satisfied with his fatness in the name of Jesus. Now, when you look at those stuff, and some people will think as if they are difficult, just like in the days of Jesus, the Bible says in John chapter 6, they were looking for bread because he had done bread yesterday he had done a miracle of bread the, the previous day so they came in early in the morning with the with the like with the idea with the intention of getting more bread i believe they had come also with some baskets because they saw that they were left over that were left yesterday so they came with baskets assuming that maybe this time once he makes bread we shall even take home and by the time they reached Jesus, he had changed the, the, the message, he had changed the way of doing a miracle. Now he wanted to give them a proper miracle, a long life miracle, which was to eat him and to drink him. He says that whoever eats on me shall live. Uh, he told them that work for the bread that is that is going to live, a living bread that will lead, that has got eternal life. He says don't work for the bread which is, which perishes, but work for the bread that lasts long and was talking about himself and this is where people don't want to hear concerning messages that are pointing at Christ that you may take Christ as your everything they want to get other messages that maybe will cause them to reach where they want to reach quickly maybe teachings that will make them to enjoy their soul life their fleshly life But we come on this ministry, on this platform, on the radios, on the podcast, on the every social media that we have. And all our messages are take Christ, eat Christ, enjoy Christ, experience Christ, live in Christ. We talk about Christ at the head of the church and the church which is the body of Christ. And we also talk about church life. This is what our ministry, this is the the burden God has given us. Amen. Okay, now let us continue from wherever we stopped. I believe this is supposed to be episode 24 uh, of our ministry or concerning experiencing Christ daily. I remember we had talked about the, uh, the impact that the ministry can put in a person whereby when we are one with the Lord God, we are going to be dispensing Christ because we discovered Christ is the embodiment of the triune God. In other words, uh, the triune God, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they live bodily in Christ Jesus. So this means that all the riches of the Father, they are embodied in the Son. If you want to see the riches of the Father, pursue Christ. So we realize also that uh, the Son is the, is the full, is, is, uh, is, is realized as the, 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 the Spirit today. And when we talk about the Spirit, we are talking about this one, has been processed the processed god who is now one with our spirit and that's why paul told us in first corinthians 6 17 he that is joined unto the lord is one spirit now we see that the matter of being one spirit with the lord should not be merely a doctrine and supposed to be our daily practical experience now in our experience we must know that it is to be uh, we must know what is to be one with the Spirit, one in, well, with the Spirit of the Lord, and one with the Lord, because Jesus Christ is the embodiment of the Triune God. And if we experience Christ as the embodiment of God, we shall be able to minister Christ to others and for their nourishment and enrichment. And as we minister Christ to others in this way, we will grow and they will grow in in Christ. And I told you last time that. Growth comes by eating, growth comes by eating. If others feed on Christ, if we choose to uh, feed on Christ, I tell you, we minister Christ and we become Christ, then we shall be perfect and mature in Christ. So today, we want to see that we take Christ uh, as our, the mis- the, the, as our mi- mystery of the church. Now words, when we are ministering to the people because we were looking at how can we make the church to become full grown. How can we make the believers to become full grown. And we were talking about several things that we can do as ministers of Christ. And today we want to continue with another one which is we are supposed to minister the uh, the church as the mystery of Christ. In our ministry we are supposed to minister the church to teach about the body of Christ. I uh, remember we told we told you several things that we are to teach for people to become full grown and mature in Christ. Now we come to another one, which is we are supposed to minister to minister Christ, and um, which is the church. Uh, rather, rather we are supposed to minister Christ, which is the body of. Uh, uh, we are supposed to minister the church, which is the body of Christ. Okay, so if we would present others mature in Christ. We um, we must also uh, minister the church as the mystery of Christ, as the uh, expansion of Christ. People have got to know that the church is the expansion of Christ. And let us come to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 4. Ephesians chapter 3, you discover that uh, You have got to know that the church is the expansion, the increase of Christ. Christ must keep on increasing and He increases by the church. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 verses 4 that whereby when you read you may understand by knowledge in the mystery of Christ and you come to uh, go back to Ephesians chapter 1 now we want to discover what is this mystery of Christ. You know the that that is the church, but want to see in the scriptures. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verses through. the Bible says that, uh, Which is the body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. They are talking about the church being the body of Christ, the fullness of Christ. It fills the Christ, uh, the, the church is the fullness of Christ. So, in this, we see that the devil is causing many uh, seeking Christians to avoid the matter of church. People don't want to learn about the church. They don't want to come across teachings concerning the body of Christ. Most preachers and teachers, they are like interested in teaching those things that people want to hear, that to meet their maybe soul need, their physical need. But if you want to meet the spiritual need of a believer is when you talk about Christ and talk about the church and church life. So we try our best to convince people that uh, the church is one of the ministries that Christ wants us to know about. Today we have a battle and this battle is raging over the church as the expression of Christ. We see that Christians Christians cannot even Uh, become full grown without the church life. We are supposed to be people who need to know about church life. We ask ourselves questions that does the Lord want people who only seek after spirituality and other things who do not participate in the proper church life? He wants us as well and more so to be people who participate in a proper church life. Today when people go for prayers, when people go for when they are seeking God, they will not seek to know the church life and the church, which is the body of Christ, and even Christ, the head of the church. But they will go to other spiritualities, other things that are spiritual. Uh, for example, gifts and the power and the anointing and other graces. But And they fail to find out what is the central thing in the church, the, the, the central matter of the church. So apart from the church, we have got to know that God's purpose cannot be fulfilled we need the church. We need to know about the church and to live the church life, for us to know and fulfill the purpose of God as to why He gave us Jesus Christ and started the church. Now, because we have, uh, we realize this that the Lord is. That's why we have got the, the Lord is burden upon us to see that we preach Christ, we teach Christ, and we minister the church and the church life. We need to practice the church life for the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose. In our beginning, we told that uh, we told you that. Uh, God has a purpose. That's why he created the heavens and the earth. He has a purpose. We need to fulfill this purpose. We have got, If we have to fulfill this purpose, we have got to know about the church and Christ. So we need to be faithful to minister the church as the mystery of Christ, as the very expression of Christ. Let the people know the importance of church, the importance of church life. You see? So the Lord's desire is to have the body which is the church. Remember, he is preparing the bride for his son, Jesus Christ. He doesn't want the church in terminology, whereby we just talk about the church. He wants the church whereby we are talking about the church in reality, in practical experience, in practicality. So in order for the church to uh, church life to be practical, there must be local churches, whereby you have your local church in your village and your fellowship there. So even if we are ministering here online on the radio and uh, other platforms, you need to have a local church where you you go for fellowship. You see that today the practical expression of the church can only be in the local churches. We may all learn to minister the church the church as the mystery of Christ as His expression, in order that other people may be presented full grown in Christ Jesus. So we need to be having where we belong. In other words, you are supposed to belong somewhere. You are supposed to be a person who belongs somewhere. When you go that somewhere in the church, they are going to minister Christ unto you. And when they minister Christ unto you, then you are also going to see that there you learn also about the church life. So this is what we call the ministry of uh, ministering the church to the people. You are supposed to be a person who has got a local church where you fellowship. And you are always to be there as a member. We must be bold and faithful to speak not only on Christ as the head, but also of the church, his body. People have got to know about the church. We must be people who follow today's alike. Today when we look at the the, the, the church and Christian today... Christianity today, uh, we see that people don't want to follow uh, to be church part of the church. They want to live their individual Christian life. But we have got to follow the pure word of Christ, to minister the word, to show people the mystery of Christ. We ask a question, why is it that the church is called the mystery of Christ? The church is a mystery of Christ because if you want to know about Christ, everything has been put within the church. And if you don't come closer within the church, you will never see the fullness of Christ, you, ne- you never understand the riches of Christ. So another thing we are to do as we have, who have seen the light and all believers, we are supposed to minister Christ as life to his members. When we come to church we become members of the church, the body of Christ and once we are in the church then the head will supply he will supply himself all the riches that he have. He has Christ as the head has got riches and we we'll begin to supply those riches to us as the members. So we need to minister Christ as life to his members so that they may live by him and grow with him and to maturity. When we go back to read Colossians, chapter 3, verses 4, the Bible shows us that we are to minister Christ as our life. The Bible mentions Christ being that uh, when Christ who is our life shall appear, Then shall you also appear with him in glory. Now we see that Christ is our life. And when we come as the body, we are to minister Christ as life to the people. He's supposed to be known as our life. In John chapter 6 verses 57, the Lord talks about when he was like showing these people that had come for miracles. He wanted them to come to some truths. And he taught them uh, some deep things that they had to know. When we come to John chapter 6 verses uh, 57, you will discover that he told them that as the living father has sent me and I live by the father. So he that eats me, even he shall live by me. When we are to eat Christ, that's the only way we are to live by Christ. If we are eating Christ, we are going to live by Christ. To live by Christ. And you cannot live by Christ except you are eating him as your food. So he says that, I say that the living father, as the living father has sent me, and I live by the father. You see, even Jesus Christ was living by his father. Meaning that every day he was taking his father as the daily portion. He was eating the father, he was praying to the father, he was studying the word, knowing, uh, discovering the father, he could commune with the father, he enjoyed the father, he experienced the father. And the, he says that, I live by the father. And he says, so, he that eats me, even he shall live by me. This is what we call ministering Christ as life to his members, to the church, you see. So we say that uh, when we come to John 14, verses 19, still you will see what Jesus was telling his disciples. He, told, he tells them in verse 19, John 14, he says that, Yet a little while and the world sees me no more, but you see me. Because I live, you shall also live. You live also. And when we come to Galatians chapter 20, uh, let us also take Galatians chapter 20, uh, rather chapter 2 verse 20, Galatians chapter 2 verses 20, the Bible says um, in verse 20, you know that scripture, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of Christ, the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now we see that we need to live by Christ. Then we shall begin to grow with him and and to maturity. Now you come back to Ephesians chapter 4. I told you that there is a reason as to why Christ gave us the spiritual gifts and the offices in the church and gives us the reason in ephesians chapter 4 uh, from verses 12 onwards the bible says in verse 12 we are going to read uh, up to 15 but look at this it says that the reason as why you have the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors the teachers it says for the for the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry for edifying of the body of christ we all come in the unity of the faith. Uh, uh, He says that uh, at some time, a certain time we are supposed to be people who have got one faith. When what you are believing is what I'm believing is what Christ is believing. That is what we call the unity of the faith. And he says that I'm the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God whereby you, what you know is what I know concerning Christ. So this is the work we have is to minister Christ so that we come to the same faith, same knowledge, whereby we have got to that uh, oneness. He says that unto um, the perfect man and unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, whereby we are all filled with Christ. So, verse fourteen says that that that. We henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. In other words, we get rid of other teachings and other doctrines and we pursue only one doctrine, which is the teaching of Christ. It says that by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. In other words, the Bible has told us that we are supposed to speak the truth in love. And when we speak the truth, we are speaking Christ. We are ministering Christ in love. And when we minister Christ, we speak the truth in love. The Bible says, there the the growth will come up. We are going to grow up into Christ in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Now look at those verses. If we desire to present others full grown in Christ we must minister to them all the matters we have considered in the so far in these teachings so far from the day we started we are to minister to them all the riches of Christ all whatever Christ is to us and whatever the bible says that Christ is so this is the this is why we need uh people and believers to be infused to be filled with all the fullness and uh, they're supposed to be related to god's economy to know what god has got in his administration if we are faithful to minister these crucial points so far we are on episode 24 if you have been following you begin to see the crucial points i've been talking about then we shall be able to present others full grown in christ hallelujah so Today let us see what it means to operate uh, the operation of Christ. To the operation of Christ. Struggling according to the operation of Christ. Remember Paul says in Colossians chapter 1 verses 28-29 While he is carrying out this ministry of dispensing Christ, revealing Christ, he says he has got to struggle according to the operation of Christ. And he says here in verse 28, whom we preach. In other words, they preach Christ. He was preaching Christ. Whom we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom uh, that we may present every man complete, perfect, full grown in Christ Jesus. 29, where unto I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Now, another word for working is uh, operation, and and another word for striving is struggling. So we are saying struggling according to the operation of Christ. We see that um, here the Bible is talking about the, uh, the matter of struggling according to the operation of Christ. They mention and they use the word struggle. So we have pointed out that Paul labored to present every man full-grown in Christ. Presenting others full-grown in Christ is a very difficult task. It's not easy. It is is a a difficult task for us. It cannot be accomplished only uh, when you are just teaching. We have got to struggle to endeavor according to Christ's operation. When Christ operates in us, uh, then we are going also to labor to see that people uh, they are filled with Christ. So let us see the principle that uh, is ordained by God. The principle which is ordained by God from the, from the book uh, of uh, the Bible in the book of Genesis. We see that some people may think that uh, the way to present others full grown in Christ is to pray. It's not prayer. People will say that I will pray for them. I will pray for the, them to grow in Christ. I will lift them in my prayers. But that's not the principle. That's not the way. That's not the right way to present others full grown in Christ, according to the scriptures. We see that it is. Yes, it is impossible for you, like, to to think that prayer can make everything. But it's not. It's not that prayer is going to fulfill all things as you think. In other words, when you suppose that uh, you will pray and your prayer will make things happen, including. Uh, uh, making people to f- become fully grown, you it is as if when it is as if like it is as if like it's as if like when you say that prayer, I, I can pray and I, I, I and food is cooked. I can pray and uh, I I get money uh, like by prayer and I and 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 money comes my door on my door. Now that that is becoming illogical. That is superstitious. You are talking about a thing which is not going to to be realized. It's not going to be happening. For example, when a person prays and his prayers, um, when he's after praying, food is cooked. Because he prayed, oh Lord, let this food be cooked. No, that is not going to happen. The same applies to uh, growing a person. For a person to become mature, we don't have to pray for them. Although prayer is necessary. But... Prayer will not make a person to become full grown. So, what I'm talking about is that we are supposed to be praying, yes. But if we want to present others full grown in Christ, we need to follow the principle that is set up in Genesis chapter 2. And I will show you that principle. The principle that causes man to grow is stated in Genesis chapter 2. We are going to read verses 5. Remember when God created man, he creates man and uh, he puts him in the garden of Eden, the Bible says, and he gives him a a, a commandment, an instruction, which is an instruction to eat. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 5, chapter 2 verse 5, verse 5 says... um, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every uh, herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused to eat to rain upon the earth, and there was not a, a man to till the ground. Now we see the principle begins by uh, two things. One of the things before man learns how to eat, there is also another work to work another task of working. He is saying that uh, the, the, the principle includes man is supposed to till the ground. Man is supposed to cultivate the ground. And the second thing is that God will also send the rain. So two things are seen here. If we want to present the other people, other believers, other fellow Christians in Christ, we need to follow the principle that is here in Genesis 2. Number one is that man is going to till the ground then God is going to send the rain. That is what verse 5 says. In other words on the one hand we must till the ground. We must cultivate the ground. We must prepare the ground. And on on the other hand only God can send the rain to cause things to grow. Now remember when Adam had learned how to eat from the tree of life he got the strength to begin to work for God. And the first work was to till the ground. And as the more he could eat from the tree of life, he could know what is required of him to do. uh, So that growth will keep on appearing. So we see that uh, as we trust in God and look to him for the rain, spiritual rain, we should be also faithful in our work and our responsibility to till the ground. You'll come to know what I mean. This means that we must fulfill the principle ordained by God. From the beginning, He has called us, number one, to do the first work of tilling the ground, cultivating the ground. Then He sends the rain so that there is growth. That is the way we can grow and we can bring anything into growth. There's got to be a tilling, a a cultivating, a digging, you see, of the ground. And if we depend only on our work of tilling the ground, and do not trust the lord to send the rain still we are wrong but if we are also wrong and uh, we are also wrong if we are we only pray to the lord for rain and do not fulfill our responsibility to till the ground now when we go back to our our fellows that think that prayer only can cause growth it is a lie because you can pray to god "Please please send the rain please send the rain please send the rain that these things may grow, but you have not tilled the ground. So we have got to apply the principle uh, of Genesis 2 to the matter of presenting every man full grown in Christ. We see that we should not merely pray, but also labor according to Christ's operation. That's why Paul uses the word I labor, which other translation calls striving. He says that I labor and I struggle. He was working, he was laboring to see that uh, also as he was laboring, God was sending the, the grace, he was sending the power, and uh, Paul was operating with that power because he was laboring to see that there is a growth. Now, he says that he was struggling, meaning that number two, we are to struggle for the hearts to be comforted, hearts of the believers. When we come to Colossians chapter 2, uh, back to Colossians chapter 2, uh, verses 1. You will see that the Bible says that, Colossians 2, 1, it says that, For I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them that are Laodicea, And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that is verse 1, it says that he had a great conflict, which is another word for struggle. He says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those in Laodicea. And he says that, And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, physically. Now when we look at this verse, it indicates that Paul, Paul was, was struggling, was agonizing, was wrestling to see a particular matter accomplished among the the, the, Colossian, the Colossian Church and Laudation Church. He was struggling, and we see that verse 2 of Colossians 2.2 2 is showing us the object of Paul's struggle. Why was he struggling? In verse 2, he says, that their hearts may be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, and to the full knowledge of the mystery of God, christ he was struggling that people's hearts may be comforted which we have come to see now if we are to minister uh, to people to become full grown we are also to see to struggle to endeavor to see that their hearts are comforted and we are going to learn today how do we comfort people's hearts how do we comfort people's hearts you see so he prayed so And we we may not understand why Paul spoke about hearts being comforted uh, immediately after giving us such a high vision in verse 1, whereby he says that Christ in you the hope of glory. Then if Christ is in us the hope of glory, why would Paul pray a prayer in Colossians chapter 2 that I want you, I struggle, that I want you people, your hearts to be comforted. And uh, he talks about comforting the hearts. We want to find out why. because. We thought once Christ is in our spirit, it is done. But now he's praying for their hearts so that they are comforted. So we want to see why. And if we don't know how to connect the vision that we have seen in chapter 1 of Colossians, and uh, and we connect it with the chapter 2 whereby he's praying for them, their hearts to be comforted. Because in chapter 1 of Colossians we have seen that he's talking about the mystery which is in us, which is Christ. It is revealed Christ in us the hope of glory and he said, I labor to see that I present every man fully grown, mature in Christ. Then he comes to pray for them in chapter 2 and say, I struggle and I'm agonizing, I'm wrestling. I want to see that your hearts be comforted, being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding and to the full knowledge of the mystery of God, which is Christ. He was struggling to see this also happening to the, the, the Laodiceans and the Colossian church. And we want to find out why is it now connecting the heart issue, the heart with the what is seen in the, in the in verse 1 of, in chapter 1 of Colossian. So we see that, Paul is struggling here. Paul is struggling here, and uh, and is is is, 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 is another? Paul did not say that the struggle uh, he is struggling so that the saints would exercise their spirit to see what he had shared with them in chapter one of Colossians concerning Christ. No, he's not saying so. He says that he struggled that their hearts might be comforted. Because he would say, now I, I struggle, I want these people to get a clear revelation. I want these people to begin to exercise their spirits by praying concerning what I've showed them uh, in verse 1. But he said, now I'm struggling that their hearts might be comforted. We see that this is it. Why, has, why is it was it necessary for, for the hearts of the Colossians to be comforted? Why? Why was it necessary for them to be knit together in love and to all riches of the full assurance of understanding? Because now we see that Paul is taking us to something else after showing us the vision of Colossians 1. Now, here he is talking about assurance of understanding. And you know very well that the word assurance implies two things. Assurance implies faith and knowledge you need faith to have an assurance, and you need knowledge so that you have an assurance. So, assurance implies faith and knowledge. And when we have faith and knowledge, then we have certainty about what we believe. This certainty of what we believe then becomes our assurance. So, Paul is wrestling so that the hearts of Colossians would have full assurance, certainty of what they believe in. Now, here we see that he's using the word and to the full knowledge of the mystery of God. He is struggling that people will have as assurances, Rather, they will have their hearts, uh, they are knit in love so that they come to the full knowledge of the mystery of God, which is Christ. And we see that he's talking about adding on the riches of the full assurance of understanding. Now, when we recall in, uh, in the book of Ephesians, we have not yet gone, gone through the teachings of ephesians but we shall when you look back in the book of ephesians you see that it is concerned with the church as the body that is the main theme of ephesians when you come back to colossian where we are you see that the the, the book of colossian is dealing with christ as the head now Ephesians places great emphasis on the human spirit they want uh, uh, every person to be turned to the spirit, to live in the spirit in high places where Christ is so that he, we may enjoy and experience Christ in our spirit. It uses the phrases in spirit repeatedly, the book of Ephesians. But when we, so far, when we read the book of Colossians, you will see that it refers to, uh, to the human spirit only once. That is in Colossians 2, verse 5, where he says that, For though I am absent in the flesh, Yet I am with you in the spirit. As where he mentioned the spirit only once. The rest of the places he's talking about the heart. So in Colossians, the heart is the crucial significance. Our hearts to be uh, enlightened. Our hearts to be uh, converted. Now we see that here Paul is a, uh, emphasizing the importance of the heart in receiving the revelation concerning Christ. Because now. Already our spirits have received the mystery, Christ is in our spirit, but our soul life, our hearts and mind need a revelation so that we have the light from the spirit, so that our hearts have got a revelation concerning Christ. And sometimes we have we have already spoken about turning to the spirit, exercising the spirit, abiding in the spirit. We have always uh, brought those messages to you. And we see that this time, uh, we want to see that you also see how to have much attention to care for the heart. You need also that, unless well, we have to turn to the spirit, we need also the heart to be enlightened, the heart to be comforted. You see, the heart to be uh, flooded with the light. And if you will present others full-grown in Christ, then we must also be concerned about the condition of their hearts. In other words our hearts are supposed to be also cared for. The condition of the heart matters a lot. If you want to be a person who come to the full maturity stage and status in Christ, so we need to be people who have got also our hearts, our hearts are cared for by the grace of God. Now the fact that the. They Paul has concluded in chapter one with the word about presenting every man mature in Christ, and then he opens chapter two of Colossians with the word about the comforting of the hearts. This indicates that the present, another, uh, if we are to present other people full grown in 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 the Lord, we are to be people who cons- who are concerned um, with their heart issues, heart, heart conditions. Amen. So. We see that in those days of of, of of Philippians, even today, there were different observances, ordinances, philosophies, beliefs, traditions, and other teachings. And these are uh, they have crept into the church life even today. And the hearts of the saints today they have been hurt, discouraged, broken, disappointed because of what the ministers of the word have done to them, the preachers, the prophets, the apostles, the teachers uh, and other things that we have brought into the church, they have broken the hearts of people. People are very hard, and their hearts are not in good condition to, to, to receive Christ. When you We have got some believers that you find and they say, I don't want to go back to church. That's what they say. I don't want to go back to church because this and that happened. Uh, the pastor did this, the teacher did this, the prophet did this. The apostles did this. In other words, we have wounded them, uh, in uh, whether knowingly or unknowingly. But we have been using other teachings, other doctrines, other philosophies. To, and these have caused a great problem to the church, whereby the hearts of the people are now hurt. Now, when Paul looks unto the Colossians, he sees the same thing. He saw that they were were hurt by these philosophies, by these ordinances, by these observances. Their hearts were, they needed comfort. They needed to be comforted. So they they had become cold. Even today when you come to church, believers' hearts have become cold. They are dissatisfied. And whenever such things come into the body of Christ, such teachings come in, such beliefs and other things a funny doctrine is coming and other cap-ca activities coming then this is going to always cause dissension and division. When you see division in the body of Christ today and dissension in the members of the church this is a result of the wrong the different wrong teachings they receive and they whenever we have got many many teachings many many uh, things there is also dissension but if we have got one ministry the ministry of the New Testament, which is ministering Christ and the church and the church life, then there will not be dissension, there will not be uh, division. But now we see a lot of division in the church, dissension in the members of the church, and we need to guard the doors of the church so that uh, it, it is not harmed the more. So even the church in Colossae had been invaded by Jewish ordinances and observers, And even by pagan philosophies uh, plus other teachings and these things caused the saints to become opinionated they began to become dissenting they began to become dissatisfied because they were getting out of opinions another preacher could come with a certain teaching another one comes in with a certain doctrine another one comes in with with a the philosophy, another one comes in with an uh, uh, audience, an observance, then the believers began to become opinionated. They had a lot of opinions and they began to dissent, to begin to separate, and they began to become, to to, to be divided until they were, their hearts were hurt and they became cold, you see. So they, they also caused their hearts, uh, such teachings caused their hearts to of the saints to be hurt and to become cold, divided, and separated from one another. And this is what we see in the body of Christ today. There is a lot of separation, and this separation is even done on the pulpits. People from the pulpit, they preach, they teach, they minister things that end up separating the body of Christ. This is how far and how uh, bad and worse the church has come this is why paul struggled and and said on i struggle on behalf of the saints that their hearts would be comforted and knit together in love we are supposed to be united in love knit together in love meaning that their hearts were divided they were torn apart they need to be knit together again by ministering love and by comforting them hallelujah so we see that um in this verse to be comforted means to be cherished When you are cherished, to be converted means to be cherished and uh, that is to be lovingly warmed up, just like Ephesians 5.29. In Ephesians 5.29, the Lord's work uh, towards the church is mentioned. The Bible says in Ephesians uh, 5.29, it says that, For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord, the the Lord, the church. In other words, man also cherishes his body uh, uh, and and, and nourishes it and cherishes it, even as Jesus Christ does to the church. Now, the work of Jesus Christ today is to nourish the church, is to cherish the church. He's not always going to come to condemn, to see that, oh, you did this, you are dead, I'm going to deal with you. He will not always come like that. He has got to know, and he knows that there are many things that hurt our hearts. That keep our hearts cold. That divide us from him. So he brings messages that bring us back. To knit us back to him. To be knitted in love. Comforted. So to comfort means to be cherished. And to be lovingly warmed up. Just as we have seen Ephesians 5.29. The work of a husband is to nourish and to cherish his wife just like christ nourishes and cherishes his church now to nourish is to feed that one you know and to cherish is to make warm to make warm. now we see that the saints need such a cherishing the lord is cherishing in their hearts so that their hearts uh they are comforted and they are warmed up we need to come back to such messages that cherish them that nourish them, that comfort them, so that they are warmed up. Hallelujah. Now, we see that Paul um, he speaks of the heart being knit together in love. And the words knit together in love, this indicates that some kind of separation had taken place. And they there they, they had been a loss of love, whereby people, uh, they, they, they they began to, like to hate each other. And there was a loss of love. No more love for God. No more love for the church. No more love for the things of God. And we see that there were, were different observances and ordinances, philosophies that had crept in and caused the loss of love. Like today, uh, there are several things that are done by ministers of God that cause believers to hate church, to hate even to the one who was giving, he hates giving. The one was tithing yet tithing. He was sowing yet sowing because the the, the preachers and teachers took advantage of the pulpit and the love of people have grown cold towards the things of God. And we need to have a message of cherishing, a message of comforting, whereby we need to knit together the, the hearts of people in love. Hallelujah. And I pray that if you are following closely, you will see that this is one of our burdens by the grace of God to see that uh, in our ministry as we preach Christ, you will also come back to that uh, that, that the ministry of cherishing and, um, and and comforting your heart. Let us talk about the heart now and the mind because we have discovered the problem as to why people are not yet seeing Christ in experience and reality is the issue of the heart okay so we come now to see and talk about the heart and the mind briefly before we finish we shall always continue now we see that uh, in these verses that we have read in Colossians chapter 2 Paul was dealing with the two crucial organs of our inner being when we look at Paul he was mentioning two things that are important he talks about the heart and the mind. It deals with the two crucial organs of our inner being, which is the heart and the mind. Now, the word understanding implies the mind. The mind. That's why it talks about understanding here. When we talk about wisdom, wisdom that is uh, implies the spirit. The spirit will need wisdom, but the mind needs understanding as well as uh, the, the heart. Now, the heart and the mind are the two uh, organs that want to see now. And we see that the word understanding implies the mind. Once our hearts have been hurt and, and uh, uh, they have become cold and divided, then it is easier for the mind to be distracted or even attacked by the enemy. And when, 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 when the mind is in such a condition, it has become, it, is, it has been attacked, distracted, it cannot understand the word that is ministered concerning Christ and God's economy. Once the mind has been distracted, once the mind has been attacked, for example, there are some teachings and preachings that attack our minds and threaten our minds, and from there we will never see Christ and God's economy. We begin to see other things. So, problems in the heart today, in your heart, in people's hearts, are often the cause of mental problems. If you have done enough research, you said that mental problems come as a result of having problems with the hearts. If a person's mind is under attack by the enemy, this is an indication that his heart is wrong in some way. That's why the Bible says in, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23: above all things, guard your heart. Out of it flows the issues of life. The issues of life are in their heart, and once the heart goes wrong, the mind will be distracted, disturbed, and there will be mental problems. And whenever the heart is wrong, it is easier for the mind to be in darkness, and it is easier for the mind to sub to be subject to attacks of the enemy from the enemy. And this is an important principle for us to know. Most cases of mental illness you hear and you have seen, they are they come up. Uh, uh, their source is in the problems that exist in the heart for example greed, greed for money causes problems in the heart of some people and they, and even the lust of the flesh causes problems in the hearts of others now such problems as greed and lust they will cause the mind to come under attack because you now your mindset will change to think those things until you are now distressed Mental illness can be traced to problems in the heart. Whatever is not wrong, it is not right in the heart, will cause a mental problem. Now, when we come to the mind, the mind is attacked because the heart is wrong. That's why the Bible tells us in Proverbs 4.23, Above all things, guard your heart. Once you guard your heart, your mind will be right. You see? So, we see that someone has, like, some people have got some ambitions. And desires in their hearts, and if those ambitions and desires are not fulfilled, then if they are not dealt with, the mind will be attacked. This person will begin to worry. He will begin to think this and that, until he gets a, 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 a distressed and in depression. Until the mind is, uh, he gets an illness. You see, a mental problem. Even even in church, he gets distracted, and is taken back into captivity. Now, this is why Paul was always telling them that uh, he knew the the problem where it comes from. He knew that if I don't deal with their hearts, I will not be able to dispense and they will not understand the mystery. So he says that uh, the matter of the heart was now crucial. He said that I want your hearts to be comforted and knit together in love. Now here love comes as the strong weapon to see that the heart is now recovered. And if, if, if our hearts are cared for and are in proper way, then as the saints and believers, we will have the riches of Christ. We will have the riches of the full assurance of understanding. We will now be in, uh, with understanding. If our minds are, uh, again function normally and we understand spiritual things, then we will be people who are able to see that we live out Christ. When our hearts are comforted, and your heart is comforted, then and if your mind is, is uh, functioning properly, then you are going to receive grace. If your heart is comforted, your mind will be functioning properly. But if there is a problem in our hearts, I tell you, we will be having problems in our minds also. The heart regulates the mind. You have got to know that the heart is the, 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 the only system that regulates the mind and what you think. Remember, the heart becomes the store of every good and bad thing. So, whatever the mind will become is as a result of what is kept in the store, which is your heart. Whether the mind is normal or abnormal depends on the condition of the heart. So, we see that the relationship with the saints in the church today, in church life today, the relationships that we see in the, in the, in the church life tests what is in our hearts. If you want to know what is in a person's heart, you go in the church life and you see the relationship of people. Uh, you see, If you see people not associating just when there are problems in their hearts, if you see hatred, there is a problem. So, the only thing that will test our hearts is when we come to see our relationship with other brothers and sisters in the church. If our hearts are possessed by certain ambition, desires, and goals, our minds will not be normal and will cause us to have problems with others. For example, if in, if, if my mind is under attack uh, because of uh, a problem in my heart and I may be very displeased and uh, if a brother does not greet me with a smile, I will be displeased. Have you ever come across a person uh, you, you, you passed by him and you didn't maybe notice him and becomes angry? Why hasn't he greeted me? The reason as why he's becoming angry is because he has a problem in his heart. You see? So I may be further troubled if, if this same brother invites another brother to, to, to go for lunch and he doesn't invite me. I become angry. Why? I have a problem in my heart. When the heart is not, is not in proper order... Everything that you see outside done by your fellow brothers and sisters will be annoying. When they are speaking and conversing too, you think they are talking about you. And once you see such things, you have a problem with your heart. You need to put your heart in order. Your heart is supposed to be uh, worked upon. Some people, you speak and he misquotes you. Whenever you are talking, is getting you wrong because he has got a heart problem. If there is anger in, in under. And, and, and in a person's heart and uh, there is also temper then everything that's going to be seen is going to be leading problems to others because you always see things wrongly the anger you have the, 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 the temper you have is caused by the problem in your heart you see if in my heart I may desire respect I desire honor I desire position yeah, this is going to cause me to feel that others should show respect for me by greeting me in a pleasant way. Because in my heart there is the desire for honor, respect, position. I want everyone now to recognize me, to bow down, to, to, to greet me in a pleasant way. But if, if I have such a problem in my heart and a person does not greet me, I shall become furious because I have a problem in my heart. These are things we are seeing in church whereby a person is now becoming angry because a sister did not greet him. Maybe they they, they did not invite him or her and she becomes or he becomes angry. He has got a problem in the heart. But if I have no problem in my heart, I shall not be troubled. Or even if a brother does not invite me, even if a brother does not smile, even if they don't include me in their programs, I will not have any problem because my heart is right. I will always be happy with joy and I will be happy in the church life no matter what happens to to me. So this is how we are supposed to overcome the problem in the heart. You see? So, we see that if there is a problem in our hearts then we shall be displeased with the church and everyone. People begin to say that I don't want to church anymore. I don't want even to involve myself in those practices, in choir practices, because he has a problem in their heart. So, today I wanted us to see why Paul was praying, praying seriously for them, so that they, they, their hearts may be knit together. He talks about the situation that they were having. And I've showed you some examples to, to put it clear. And I pray that the Lord may give us more grace to see that we keep our hearts, we guard our hearts so that if our hearts are, 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 are guarded and they shall be knitted together with the love, they, now we shall be cherished and nourished, then our hearts will be in proper order whereby we are able to understand and our minds will be in clear order. We are able to understand to get revelations from the Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you today. This is Pastor Dennis. I've been sharing with you concerning the experience of Christ daily. And that we are supposed to take Christ on our daily basis, enjoying Him and taking as a portion and uh, getting more of revelations and understanding of the Christ who is in us, the hope of glory. God bless you. We love you. Please, please, we request that you follow our website, uh, www.freedomexperienceministry.org. God
0: bless you. Bye-bye. To get more of this message and partner with Freedom Experience Ministry, Log on to our website, www.thefreedomexperienceministry.org or find us on our Facebook page, Freedom Experience Ministry. You can also call us directly on plus two five six seven zero three eight nine three zero nine. Be blessed. Experience the mystery of the word, the redemptive power revelation,
1: and eternity purpose brought to light in your walk with Christ.